the NFL stands for not for long. Except Sharga and Armstead. Roll out. Walker still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting corner of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. Welcome back to another episode of the Colin Thompson Show brought to you by Not For Long Media and our friends over at the Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. Fudgekitchens.com. Ryan Ripkin joins us today. Ryan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm glad we could catch up. Uh, and it's a pretty busy time, especially in the baseball world. So I will say this to open it up. I have friends that have told me that they're bandwagon playoff baseball fans, Colin. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm all right. Everyone join the bandwagon because what you're about to see the next month uh, truly is electrifying. So I, I am ecstatic about that. Is playoff baseball the best playoffs out of the big four sports? Well, you're going to throw that off, off the get-go, huh? Uh, well, I'll say this. I think it is so unique in the sense in football and hockey, those moments are, are tense and tight, right? There's no doubt about that. But always those games generate a lot of noise. You know, same with the NBA. There's still there's some element to it. Yes, it's going to be raised. But in baseball, you'll know some of those games, maybe it's it's half capacity, maybe less. In the playoffs, everyone is in the stands the entire game. You're on pins and needles, and every pitch feels magnified. Not every... Not every play, every pitch. And so that's why, for me, the biggest moment that I remember, Delman Young playoffs in Baltimore, one pitch, base it down the line, scores three runs, and that place, that play gives me goosebumps. So I would say it's the most unique, but I think it'd be wrong for me to say because I do love going to watch playoff hockey and playoff football, uh, but baseball is unique. Yeah, I think – Hockey will always be number one for me because the dramatics of it. Yep. Uh, you know, eight beats a one, seven game series. It's grueling. These guys are exhausted. You always find out after that they're playing through broken ribs and torn groins and like broken feet. And you're like, what is that? So hockey one. Man, I love playoff football, but I go baseball too. There's nothing better. And I'm so spoiled as a kid. I was so spoiled as a fan uh, of just the Phillies and, and their run there when I was in high school and, and middle school and how good those teams were and so much fun at NBA is at the bottom. It's to me is a board fest until the final four, um, you know, March Madness is in its own bracket, but I digress. Lots to talk about today. Ryan brings a wealth of experience in media, baseball professionally. Uh, so what does playoff baseball mean to you? It's a very generic question, but Obviously, with your father, with you playing at the highest level, with you covering it at the highest level, I think you bring a unique aspect from all three different places you possibly could do it. Yeah, so where do where do I begin with it? You know, I think, first off, I think whatever you want to do as an athlete or as a kid, you know, whatever profession it is, it's you have a goal to play in the playoffs, in the World Series. I mean, for baseball, for me, it was what kid didn't think I wanted to be in a World Series game, game on the line, three-two count, bases loaded. Your your hit wins the game, right? That that's where it starts. The kid, the kid aspect of it. Now, from a player aspect and family aspect, you know, my family's around the game. 
for a long time. You know, my grandfather coached and played. My uncle and my dad both played in the big leagues, and my dad had his career. But even with my dad, all of his success, what I've really come to cherish is moments that, you know, the game does not allow you to have all this success, and winning is extremely challenging. My dad, his second year in the league in 1983, the Orioles win the World Series. He's the MVP of the league, right? And you think, my whole career is ahead of me. I'm going to have another crack at this. And the reality was he never went back to another World Series. And quite frankly, the Orioles only had two more years during his tenure where he actually had a chance, and that was 96 and 97. Played for 20 years. So why I bring this into the conversation is so teams like right now, I'm from Baltimore, the Orioles, great story, the best story in baseball. They just won the American League East of the number one seed in the American League. Playoff baseball is running through Baltimore. And when I tell people this, this is the sixth time in the last 40 years, Colin, that the Baltimore Orioles have gone to the playoffs. Not not just to, to the World Series, which they've only been since 1983. It's been 40 years. To the playoffs six times. So the I, it's been ingrained in my mind just how hard it is to win. And I have so much respect for the other teams that are still like the Dodgers, for instance. The Dodgers have won, I think, nine of the last 10 NL West. The consistency that no matter what you're, you think about spending money, that's hard. That's extremely hard to do. So that's where it starts for me. And, and for the playoffs, this is where we can see people, teams can go on magical runs. You mentioned hockey. I love that about hockey, that any team can beat anyone. So we saw that. Didn't we see that with last year with baseball and the Phillies? Oh, yeah, baby. That, that energy there, wild card team, Braves are the favorite out there in the NL. Beat the Braves. Had that unbelievable moment with Bryce Harper in the playoffs at home against the Padres, that home run, the theatrics. So that's the beauty and and the romantic side of the game for me, which um, as a player and covering it, I I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Playoff baseball, pitch by pitch. You're you're pulled in for three-something hours nonstop. Every bat, every pitch can change the momentum can change the crowd. The weather plays it, at, you know, in these cold weather places later as you start to play and the, and you could see that, you know, everyone's breath. And like, t- to me, it's very romantic. It's very poetic. The energy, the stories, and there's time for it to digest. I'm interested to see how the pitch clock is going to play, play a role here in the playoffs. I was always for now it's the playoffs. Let's make the games a little bit longer. You know, let's pull the pitch oh, yeah. clock back five seconds, 10 seconds. And let's 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 get a little bit more of that. What are your thoughts on the pitch clock this year? I know it's been talked about at nauseum, but did you like it? And how do you think it plays a role in the playoffs? Well, I think you described I me. Mean, it sounds like for your experience and, and watching it for the regular season, it was a success, right? Yeah. Played its part. And I think I like that's it. what MLB did or MLB wanted. They wanted they, they had success in ratings. This was a really good year for Major League Baseball. And it kept it kept the game moving. And I'll and I'll be honest. We, when you play professional baseball, anything that's tested, by the way, for those that don't know, it goes through the minor league system. So a lot of the guys that are up here now, I've already kind of dealt with those rules. It's the guys that have been in the major leagues already for years and years and years. And that's when you have to, you know, it's like teaching an old dog, new tricks. And that's something that was harder for players that were established big leaguers. Right. But once they got the hang of it, they're 
professionals, but it didn't affect the younger guys as much. At the game, for me, I, I was curious just to see it at the big league level. I'd seen it at the minors, and there really wasn't a drop-off. But now to the point, and, and I think I don't want it to see a drastic change going to the playoffs because then I don't, I don't think it's necessarily fair that you made all these rules and now you're going to tell people you can change it again just because of – I like to try to keep it linear if it if it – that makes sense. However, I would hate to see pitch clock violations dictate oh. big parts of the game. And I think that that's where you were going with, right? That's don't let there's enough question marks and in, in, in officiating, by the way, and, and rules and all that. I don't, I don't, uh, I feel terrible for umpires, refs, because you're never going to be right, even if you are dead wrong. So I just don't want to see a situation take away from the beauty of the moment. And I think it's, I think you would feel the same way on that. Yeah. I, I feel, I do feel horrendous for refs, umps, because listen, it's like anything in life. What comes around goes around and you're going to get a call. Some innings, some games you are going to get calls. Some games you're not going to get calls. The pageantry of the game of are you in the calls and the fun and was it a strike and was it not? And even on replay 10, 15 years ago, yeah, it was some gray area. Now it's like tennis, man. They ball, you know, ball thrown. It shows up on a screen, strike or not. He calls a ball. So listen, exactly. Do we want to see a base loaded, walk a guy home because of a pitch clock violation on a full count? That would be a nightmare. That would be a nightmare. So I, I think it will be avoided. I'm sure. I am sure the umps, the refs in football, in hockey, and you know, just like you see in NBA playoffs, hey guys, put the whistles away, leave some gray area. I think they're going to be waiting to beat a little bit longer on the pitch clock in the MLB, and maybe an maybe an umps timeout where it may not be a fair situation, but we don't want it to be dictated by that. So we'll see. I digress. You mentioned the Phillies. I'm super excited for that team. You mentioned the O's, super excited for that team. Awesome fan bases, both in you know the northeast part of the country. The more they play, the colder it gets. The weather's going to be great this week for, for both the clubs. But just so excited uh, for, for the areas because, you know, I live – I'm from Philly, but, you know, support the O's now. Excuse me, the O's will play next week, which is awesome. They'll start on Saturday, which is tremendous, October 7th, Saturday, Sunday, and then a Tuesday series. You can't beat that. But – is there a wild card team here, let's say, other than the Phillies, that you're excited about that could, you know, catch some momentum and make a deep run? Well, I'll say this: you know, you're exactly right. Fan bases, Phillies, unmatched. You know, yeah. the Orioles, Baltimore brings it too, and 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 I'm very yeah. biased to them as well, obviously. Uh, in looking at it right now, and this is the fun part of it, right? Is the storylines for me, and I'm going to start storylines, and then we'll go into who I realistically think has a chance. I love the fact that we have a couple new new teams back in the dance, right? So the Marlins making it, I think, is great because they had this so many years of this kind of rebuild, being stuck in the middle. And I know I'm not counting the the COVID season where they had success and they made it, but to be honest, it's a different experience now being a full 162 season. Now you got to go on the road against a division rival. That should be a great at, uh, atmosphere. Arizona Diamondbacks as well, being back into it. That was something they were a great story. Young team, a lot of promise for them moving forward. And the Texas Rangers being back in, who have arguably 
one of the best lineups, not arguably, they do have one of the best lineups in all of baseball. If I'm going to start in the American League on a team, though, that still, if I was the Orioles or anyone in the American League in general, I still, the Tampa Bay Rays for me are still so good, regardless of all the issues that they had. They lose their ace, Shane McClanahan, for the season. Wander Franco has all of the issues uh, in his investigation personally. But the Rays didn't skip a beat. They were neck and neck with the Baltimore Orioles. They're the second best team. And I think that series, the Rays and Rangers, is going to be absolutely dynamite. But that's a team, just because the Rays pitching staff and their ability to handle adversity is really exciting. Now, on the other side in the NL, and they aren't a wild card team per se, but they're going to be playing in the first round of it is the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee feels like it's this team that was under the radar. They won a central that maybe wasn't as strong, but man. They just have the the build to have a success and to make a little bit of a run. And the and obviously the Dodgers and Braves are going to be the two favorites of that, the Braves being number one. But that would be the other team outside of the ones that we mentioned where I'm going to watch them a little bit closer because I really liked how they finished the season. And now that you're in the dance, you just need to have one good series at a time. And I think Milwaukee can do that. Take me through this O's team. I think it's a fun group. It's a youthful group. It's a group that everyone's been patiently waiting for. You know, I saw the other day that, and you can confirm, right, Baltimore signed another 30-year lease to continue the O's in Baltimore, right? Yeah, there's some wording language that needs to be addressed, but it's been out there. An understanding that the lease is going to stay. The the MLB, by the way, regardless, I was telling people this for a while, MLB is the last thing they wanted was Baltimore to, or the Orioles to leave Baltimore. It, it means yeah. too much to the actual the game itself. And audience-wise, first off, it's a great city. It's a big city, awesome suburbs. We live in one of them in Annapolis, and there's a lot of people here. There's a bunch of teams in D.C., but there's only one team in Baltimore, the Ravens and the O's. Now, excuse me, two teams, but without of the O's would be just one team, and there's plenty of room for more. So I digress. Take our fans kind of through this O's team. You know this team like the back of your hand, but the key players, big moments this season, and what do you look forward to in the playoffs? Yeah, so to give you more background, for those that don't know, I played with the Orioles organization up until I retired in 2022. So I started my career at the Nationals and then went to the Orioles from 2017 to 2021. So realistically, I know about 90% of this current roster on the team. I either played with them or know them personally on that level. And obviously now I cover Baltimore. I do pregame shows and I'm doing a pregame radio show in Baltimore here covering the playoffs. This is like you said, I, whether I liked it or not, I know these, these guys and I know this team. So what, what should you expect from this team and who you need to watch out for? Well, let's start with the first name that were the the transformation of this team. It was with Adley Rutschman, the catcher. Adley, when he came up, just simply put, the O's started winning ballgames. They haven't been swept since Adley Rutschman was called up last May, and they continued that streak through this entirety of the 2023 season. Wild, right? Absolutely nuts. And then they also have another player who is going to be the American League Rookie of the Year, and his name's Gunnar Henderson. And I told people this, Colin, I forget if I've told you this, but when I was with the Washington Nationals, this is where my, I had my first, you know, kind of moment of like, you're different. Like, this is 
you are specifically different. Ball, professional ball players are all talented, but you are different. Two moments. First one was at the Nationals. I played with Juan Soto. He's turned out to be a pretty special player. Uh, won the World Series with the Nationals. He's going to get paid pretty handsomely. The other one was Gunnar Henderson. And Gunnar was doing things at 19 that were so stinking impressive that there was no doubt in my mind he was going to be a superstar. And that's what he truly is. And for fans that watch him for this playoffs, the guy come, you want to talk about big moments? Guy has come up in big moments. It feels like he can do something every single night that you go out there and watch and go, man, I, I don't know how he did it, but I'm watching him from here on out because of what he's capable of doing. Power to all parks, the ability to make any play. He's a good base runner. You know, the intangibles all there. Rocket for an arm. So those would be the two, obviously, the, the superstars. But the reason why the Orioles are so good, Colin, is they have guys stepping up left and right. I mean, their whole roster is loaded. The depth that they have. Ryan O'Hearn playing first base for them was a pickup acquired for our good friend Cash Considerations from the Royals. And he goes from having, you know, being a 220-ish hitter, starting, trip, starting in AAA this year, to being one of the best hitters for the Orioles all season long. Then you have guys like Cedric Mullins, that's a staple for the team. Ryan Mountcastle, best pure hitter that I was around during my tenure there. So what I'm getting at is you, every single night with this Orioles team, I gave you the first two superstars, but you're going to hear a different name each night if the Orioles are going to have a postseason run because that's how they had success throughout this season. It wasn't one player that made this team successful. It was the collection of the group that they had, and the Orioles' depth is better than any team in the postseason. Let's see. So the guys that were freaks that I played with that were a little bit different. One of them was Deion Dawkins, who I played with, who's now a left tackle for the Bills, played with him in college. Mm -hmm. Freaky. Um, I thought Dante Fowler was different at Florida, Dallas Cowboy now, played for a very long time in the league. There's a couple guys at Florida, too, that I thought Jeff Driscoll was freaky He's in the league. Um, and then let's take it back. Seeing Kyle Pitts in high school, way, way different. Um, I'm like, this guy's going to be a first-round pick. Uh, it, didn't, it didn't matter if you knew nothing about football. You'd be like, that's what football players look like. And then let's go to NFL quickly. I'll say uh, Odell in New York was way different. Um, C-Mac in Carolina, of course. Um, and then Minnesota, probably Daniil Hunter, Justin Jefferson. Those two are just Whoa. different. So that was different. that was my. I was thinking when you were saying, I'm like, there's just people that are just different. I digress. We mentioned a little NFL talk. I want to transition into there. Um, thoughts on your Baltimore Ravens? Good. Uh, hey, it's for the for ravens fans you gotta be happy I, I you know i'm not it's a long season away but whether you want to say it's favorable scheduling favorable situations the ravens sit at three and one and you've won your first two division games on the road and actually you have a chance to to pull the trifecta going to pittsburgh where kenny pickett is banged up and, and granted, what I love about it, though, is there's no one cares if you're banged up, by the way. Like I say this in sports all the time with baseball. It's a talking point and it's a reality when a team's at fuller strength. That's going to make a difference. If Deshaun Watson played for the Browns, the Ravens aren't going to win that game 28 to three. Guarantee you that. 
But in baseball, it's the same thing. If someone gets hurt, Felix Batista, the all-star closer we didn't even really talk about, he went down. Do you think the rest of the league's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry for the Orioles? No, they don't care. You got to keep moving. So in the same case that we talked about these situations, the Ravens have been missing a lot of key guys. Tyler Lindebaum just came back. That's their stud center. Ronnie Stanley's dealing with injuries. J.K. Dobbins lost for the year after the first game. Um, Marcus Williams trying to battle back. Marlon Humphrey still not there. The point being an OBJ, the offense still was missing pieces. Point is, no one cares. You got to go out and win football games. And the Ravens have done that. So I think for, for Ravens fans, you got to be happy. You'd feel even better if you go to Pittsburgh because then you have three home games against your divisional opponents. Um, they got to work out. You know, every team has to work out things. But while you're still trying to work through your, your quote-unquote struggles, I think besides that Colts game, you got to be extremely happy with, with where the Ravens are at. Yeah, and you're going to see these teams like Colts, Houston, Arizona. The league's way better than it's ever been, right? Like, if you're like, yeah. oh, those three teams, they're picking one, two, three. Well, uh, that, Houston's going to compete for division. That Colts team gave the Rams everything they can handle after being down. Like, it's not that's how the league is right now. Bengals, somebody has to lose, right? Bengals are one and three. I don't think the Bengals will be staying at one and three. I think right. the Bengals and Minnesota at one and three are my two teams that are going to end up being, you know, up around or above 500 at the end of the year. We're at the quarter pole. It says a little bit about your team. It doesn't say a lot, but it's good to be three and one. Eagles are four and oh, and people are, oh man, the sky's falling. And it's like, this is the NFL, man. This is the, this is how it goes. People forget this, right? They just like are like used to fantasy football and they want everyone to be good and they're going to trade and cut. And it's like, we're losing our – I think fans are losing their perspective with football just a little bit. They know football yeah. now more than ever, more access, podcasts, YouTubes, you know, people going X's and O's, whatever. But it's like you want you got to win by one point. This is in college football. Exactly. You know, I wanted to ask you, she brought up the Bengals, and I know you've dealt with something similar. Joe Burrow and the cat. Oh. You know, and and like, you, you know more than anyone with this. Oh how lingering this was i mean do you think initially he should have that the Bengals should have said hey joe you gotta sit because it clearly seems like i remember you are you talking about this with me it was it lasted for you the entire year it is an absolute nightmare calf strains i had you know you could say multiple or just it kept recurring yeah over a two-month stretch where you're grinding on your rehab you're grinding on your diet your sleep your training but it's the most mentally draining injury I've ever had. I've had stuff where I've lost seasons and you're hurt and you just says what it is. But the calf injury, uh, the calf inju injury, excuse me, you want to go. You want to run. You can't. It's a non-negotiable. Uh, the amount of stuff that's taped to his calf that people don't see. Last year, I got Tiger Bomb, which is like a pain med gel. I got all these strips that are going to take a little bit of pressure off the calf. I mean, I was running on a nub just to get through it and was never really driving my toe in the ground. And it wasn't until really working with Yoni from True Sports, a uh, local guy, until I really got my confidence back and I, and I was able to perform at a high level in training camp this year. But man, you almost got to shut him down and say, I don't know the situation there either, so I don't want to speak for the Bengals. But man, if you it, the bye week's a couple weeks out, it's a two to three week deal. You need to shut it down completely and then strength you know build the strength back up and stress they'll you got to stress the hell out of it like so it's they're scary man they're scary 
It's not a sprained ankle. Can't just tape up no. and roll it and just say, I'm going to make it through because it's not going to get worse. This thing, it can only get worse if you're going to continue to run on it and pound it. So it's sketchy. It's sketchy. Yeah. Plus, you can't practice. Well, it, yeah, you, 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 that's what I'm saying. You know you know better than anyone. It's it's such a – I tell people this as, as athletes. Even if they say, hey, we have things taken, you know, we're, we're doing the, the precautions, the back of your mind, it's still in your head. One, you're going to feel it. But it's two – especially when you have to be a little bit more mobile and you know, you, you know, you're going to be limited. It's going to affect a lot of your, your gameplay and even just your physical limitations, because you can try to push it as much as you can. But the reality is you are still going to be stuck. And it's, I get it. I I remember you talking about, that's why I wanted to hear it from you. I mean, it's, it's no joke. It's not something like, Oh, it's when you hear, I got a shoulder strain or I have a little, it's, it's a lot different, especially when it's your lower body. Your lower body, man. Everything you do, driving to work in the morning, getting out of bed, middle of the night, brushing your teeth. Like, everything you do, you're thinking about it. It is exhausting, and there's no end in sight. There's no end in sight. So, for Joe, he's a stud. The league needs him to go, right? I, I wish yeah. him nothing but the best of luck, but... Man, it's got to be like, hey, you, you, I need I need two weeks. I need to restart the whole process. I saw when he popped it. I said, oh no, it's tricky, man. It yeah. is tricky. So, I digress. What is your schedule look like here? Because I know you've been crazy. Take us back to Sunday. Take us through what you have ahead. Because I know you've been golf outing. You're here. You got TV hits. I think you're most interesting man in the Baltimore DMV area. You have to be. You and SVP. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Thank you. SVP <laughs> legend in the area, by the way. Uh, shout out him. The So what have I done? So baseball is picking up here in Baltimore, getting the schedule for him. We're going to be doing there. So I do TV. So like Sunday that you brought up Sunday night, went to go do a TV hit in Baltimore locally, then drove down to Ocean City about two and a half, three hours away to to partake in a in a golf outing down there. Drove back up to do my own media in Baltimore and then hopped on here and then yeah getting ready for the mlb playoffs which i'm excited gonna have pre-game show uh on the radio i'm gonna be covering it again on tv as well locally here so this is it's an exciting time you know what i'm all for it i, I if i'm running around it's good to be busy colin I, i'm yeah i'm excited and i will take a electrified city a fun atmosphere every day of the week and that's something that i look forward to uh, especially I'm hoping throughout the whole month of October here in the Baltimore area between Baltimore and Philly. And I'll, I'll speak for both, both again, there's no better time to be a fan of the two club. You know, Eagles are rolling. Ravens are rolling, you know, two young stud quarterbacks, plenty of, plenty of studs to root for on both teams, really both in tough divisions. In my opinion, obviously Giants didn't have a great game last night, but I still think they're a good team, especially when Saquon's healthy. And then Baltimore, man, you get these young studs, like almost like the process in Philly. Like trust the process they have in Baltimore, man. So that's a great ballpark. How hard is it to get a ticket there? Lastly, here cool. because is it like Philly going to be like a like crazy? What what's that looking like? Um, I think it depends on which connections you have, but oh. for the most part, they did well. I meant like you know certain yeah. people they could get access to it. I know there's a few places trying to do some giveaways, but I'll tell you this. There's not going to be an empty seat. This is a moment that Oriole fans have been waiting for ever. And also, by the way, a Billy Joel concert is happening in the city 
first the same night as game one of the ALDS. So talk about commotion, Colin, on Saturday night. There's going to be a lot going on, but make no mistake, all eyes are going to be trying to get a ticket. And some prices, yeah, they get a little steep uh, from what I've seen so far. So uh, I had people that were going for the lottery early on, like jumping on the website, trying to get it as quick as possible, waiting for the moment. And some of them lucked out. And I have other people that are scrambling, trying to find a ticket and, and are willing to pull the trigger on, on a probably overpriced experience. But can you put a price on a moment you've been waiting for for years? You That's can. up to for you to decide. You can't. We talked about it before. And season ticket holder, Mick, Sam Boner, Mick was talking about on his show yesterday about his dad looked at him and said, what could we get these tickets for? He said, about 10 grand, dad, five grand a ticket. He's like, what? He was like, you know what? You never get these moments back. You never, you can't get them back. You can't take it with you. So the great Ryan Ripken, follow him on social media. You're going to be all over the place. So we can't wait to follow all your talk about across all leagues, MLB and NFL, but Ravens and O's primarily. Ryan, thanks for coming on the show, brother. I appreciate you, Colin. We'll talk soon. Coming from a time where kids think they're gangsta Talking like a dog but they're living in New Hampshire I'm the only one